Good morning. How are you? <laughs> I am good, and you? I am doing good. I cannot wait to get on this interview with you. I am so excited. <laughs> yes, I'm excited too. <laughs> Great. I love your green lipstick. That's actually my favorite color. You pull it off well. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, let's just go ahead and jump right into it then. Um, All right. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do besides write. <laughs> All right. So my name's Portia Dion. Um, I, let's see, by day I work for a nonprofit in accounting that deals with foster care and adoption. Mm-hmm. And outside of that, I write. I'm an auntie. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that pretty much sums up my life. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Okay. So like, do you mean, do you work with like CPS or... So um, the agency works with CPS. We deal with trying to place children um, with foster families and um, some who have to go through adoption and placing them with families that way. Okay. Um, Yeah. But I deal on the business office end of it, so I don't necessarily see or meet all of the children on Uh that end. But um, I love the agency I work for. It's 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 a pretty cool, pretty cool agency. Oh wow, that's cool. I um last year I was working for a shelter for victims of domestic violence and sexual assault, and so that's why I asked. I'm like, okay, interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, and so, yeah. but I work more so like with the clients and and with the children and stuff, and so that's why I was curious about that. But okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then, all right, let's go ahead and talk about your book. Cause I, I couldn't wait to get to these questions. So what is your book about and what genre does it relate to? All right. So I have two books out. Um, it's part of a series. They're the first two books in the series, love lost and love lost forever. They fall into the erotic fiction genre. There are elements of BDSM within the, um, within the books, within the story. Um, the main character, Elise Rogers, she has a lot of stuff going for herself. She's mm-hmm. a business owner, um, fashion designer, has great friends that are really close to her. They're more like her family. Mm-hmm. But her love life has been non-existent for like the last four years. Um, she hasn't quite gotten over the last guy who broke her heart, who to her was know her forever Mm. um and very early on into the book he decides he realizes that she is his forever and he wants her back however Mm. at the time that they enter each other's lives again he's still technically married even though he's going through the process of divorce oh wow um so it's them navigating that navigating um, kind of rekindling their relationship. The guy, Jalen, he has three teenagers from mm. a previous marriage. So even trying to, you know, at least working her way into that. And there's an unexpected pregnancy and there's people who don't want them together, including people, or I should say someone within Elisa's inner circle. So mm. working through all that genre, genre that drama (laughs) um and trying to figure out 
if the relationship is even going to work, if it's worth trying to rebuild, they have trust issues and, you know, all of that stuff going on within themselves on top of all of the outside stuff like the kids and exes Mm -hmm. and jealous friends. (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Sounds like a TV show. Oh, my gosh. Drama, drama, drama. And that just sounds like real life. How was this? How did you come about this idea? Honestly, love loss came to me in a dream. Um, Mm -hmm. It was during a time where I was unemployed. Actually, I had graduated from um, university with my Mm -hmm. bachelor's degree months earlier, like Mm -hmm. probably about five or six months earlier. And I was still looking for a job. And the the story, the shell of the story, if you will, came to me in Mm -hmm. a dream. And I got up and I said, well, I'm not doing anything else right now. So let's write it out. Oh, wow. (laughs) Like within the two days, I wrote the first six chapters or so of the first draft of the story. So the story has grown a lot since the first draft. I was not intending on it, on being a series, definitely not a trilogy. Um, and as I worked on it and worked on it and worked on it, and you know, the various edits and revisions, Mm -hmm. it became so big that Microsoft Word started having issues and glitching whenever I would open a document. So I split it in two and then was working from it from there. And then I realized oh, wait, you actually have two different books. Like, you have two books here. It's the same story, but it's Mm -hmm. definitely two books. And so I was going to let it just be a duology. And as I was publishing the first one and going through yet another set of round of edits with the second one, one of the characters kind of just kind of came up and was like, you know there's more to the story after this, right? And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm working on the third book. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, let me go ahead and congratulate you. That is something else. Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. That's pretty cool. Okay. Okay. So I'm definitely, we're definitely going to have to get you back on for the third one. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's interesting because I'm like, man, I could never like, it's just hard for me to write books that include like sexual scenes. And I'm just like, maybe I'm not that creative in that area or I don't know how, how do you do it? I don't know if if it's that people aren't creative in that area, or I think because sex for so long, like literally since the existence of man has been that one subject where it's like, we know everyone does it, Mm -hmm. but we don't talk about it. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's always been that kind of kept behind the closet, you know, shut the blinds and the curtains, Yeah. (laughs) you know, type of thing where people just aren't that comfortable talking about it. Mm -hmm. So if, if, if you're not really that comfortable talking about it, you're not going to be that comfortable writing it. Hmm, Um, Okay. Like my grandmother has, my grandmother has read the first book. She's reading the second one now and she's, you know, um, big into theology. Like she's a big church religious person. Mm -hmm. And when I gave her the first book, I said, granny, this is not one of your type of books. I'm just warning you now. It (laughs) definitely falls to what she calls a Mm -hmm. portion book with the drama and the relationships. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, um, she read it and she said, it's she 
for her, she said it was like peeking into a window while people are, you know, having their private time is what she called it. Oh, wow. Um, and, and kind of just peeking in and, and looking in on them while they're doing it. She said, but outside of that, it was a good story. She liked it. But she said for that, that sex part, and that's why she's not drawn really to books like that. Hmm. Um, which, I mean, I, I can get, no one wants to be the peeping time. So it's almost mm-hmm. like you're being the peeping time while reading the book into these characters' sexual lives. But mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you said, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. That's interesting. So I actually found this quote online just before uh, we got started. And it kind of touches on what you're talking about. It says, so... Um, It says, BDSM, although a general term like sports, can be summed up by saying that it's like eating something spicy. Uh, To some people, the spicy meal, it it hurts, but it's so delicious. BDSM is the same way. What are your thoughts about that? I would say that's a very generalized quote. And kind of somewhat accurate for it. You okay. know, spicy food isn't for everyone. Okay. I literally just started eating hot sauce this year. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm 36. <laughs> so, yeah. like, yeah, spicy food isn't for everyone. BDSM isn't for everyone. Hmm. Um, there's definitely, depending on what the kinks and stuff are, mm-hmm. pain that's related. And some people definitely enjoy it. Some mm-hmm. more than others. Um, there's various degrees to it, just like there's various degrees to hot sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I would say that's kind of a a pretty good analogy for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so too. I was like, dang, okay, because I like spicy food, so I was like, oh, okay, I'm <laughs> I'm the one who's throwing the hot sauce like in the collard greens during the holidays. That's me. So I'm like, okay, that oh, made sense to like, me. I just started eating hot sauce, and yeah. I really, for the most part, only eat it with catfish. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because there's nothing else that, for me, that works with catfish. Like, ketchup doesn't work with catfish. Tartar sauce doesn't work with fried catfish. Yeah. Hot sauce. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's so great. So then... I actually, I want to keep digging more into that. Like, what makes people so uncomfortable, like, you know, in, in, do you think it's just a pass-down thing, or are we embarrassed? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, I think it's definitely, like, a generational society, like, different generations in society has just been so suppressed. Um, and, and even when you think way, way back, women were persecuted mm. for being sexual, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so much is put on the woman in particular on being, you know, chaste and 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 pure and mm-hmm. and stuff. But it's not so much with the guy. I mm-hmm. mean, even when you look at churches, they'll some churches will even have classes on women on being pure and being that perfect wife, but not so much the guy. Mm-hmm. So I think being being promiscuous in any way, or even being um, sex positive in any way mm-hmm. up until more recent times has been looked upon so negatively and been treated so negatively. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that has a lot to do with it because I mean, even when I was growing up, my mom didn't really talk to us about sex like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it was always, you know, like I said, that thing that every you know everyone's doing, but you don't really talk about. And because people are so uncomfortable with having people don't talk about it, mm-hmm. it just continues to pass down, you know, to it it just continues the whole um routine of not talking about it. Mm-hmm. And so like for me, it's weird to have a romance where sex isn't there. Mm. <laughs> Like mm-hmm. reading a, a romance book, and I actually came across that one earlier this year, where there was an allusion to sex, but the sex act itself wasn't there at all. And I was just like, "Wait a minute!" Like, <laughs> you know, it, it, it would jump to the next morning where the woman wakes up and she's, you know, all glowy and dewy and stuff, and it's just like, you missed what? the whole part. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like they went from heavy kissing and some petting. To, oh, it's the next morning, and and she feels so relieved because it's been so long since she's had sex, and it was just like, okay, can we yeah. go back? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna let you know right now. I have a confession. That's probably how I would have written it. Like, okay, I don't know, I don't know how to describe what went on, so we're just gonna just fast forward it. Yeah, and I guess like with some books that makes sense, like especially like if, say if it's a, a YA or a teen book. I get, okay, okay, yeah. You know, you don't want to sexualize kids. Right. That I get. Okay. Um, but geez, when it's two consenting adults, I, I, I read the book and I'm like, okay, so it's getting juicy here and then it was glossed over and, oh, wake up the next morning, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, what if the sex was bad? <laughs> like, right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, what happened? <laughs> Yeah, because I'm thinking, so a couple years ago, I was working for an editor, um, and I was editing this manuscript, and it was so good, and her sex scenes were so good, I gotta find the name of it, and I might try and include it on, uh, when I upload this video, I might try and include it in the descriptions, because it made me think about that, and she just was right on with with the descriptions too. And so I definitely got to check out your book and see how you do it. And I think that for anybody just, you know, who's interested in adding sex scenes to their book, it might just be something that you have to practice. I don't know. Have you practiced a little bit Um, before? It wasn't anything that I I would say I practiced before. I guess because I just have an overactive imagination. Okay. Um, That helped a lot with that. Reading books, where the sex scenes were described in great detail mm-hmm. helps a lot with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, if you're like really com- uncomfortable with even talking about sex, mm-hmm. um, then even reading some of those scenes may be uncomfortable mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. for you. So, like to get into a book by Zane or okay. um, even. I, in so many ways, I hate to bring it up, but even like Fifty Shades of Grey mm-hmm. or a book by um, Jody Ellen Malthus, mm-hmm. um, especially like her This Man series, um, very good series. I quite enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
reading, like I would encourage anyone who wants to get more into that mm-hmm. to read books that have that. Um, I'm a firm believer in that, you know, readers make better writers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if, if you're going to write, definitely read, read all kinds of stuff, but definitely read stuff that falls into the genre of, or that includes things that you want to improve on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Definitely. So then tell me, what was your toughest challenge as an author? Was it, I mean, I don't know. Oh, geez. I would say the toughest challenge, like I went, uh, I mean, as with anyone trying to do anything, especially for the first time, mm-hmm. um, I definitely went through stages and bouts of where I was like, do I really want to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, like, okay, yeah, I'm going to write it, but I'm not going to put it out there. And then I was like, that makes no sense. Why would you spend all this time writing it and not putting it out there? Right. But I think definitely um, sometimes for me, it was having that confidence in myself mm-hmm. that, hey, the story came to me for a reason. Mm-hmm. I'm writing it for a reason. Mm-hmm. So it can't be just for me to keep it to myself. Yeah. So, like, you know, there's a reason for everything I'm a big, you know, um, person to like, there's no coincidence in life, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so just reminding myself of that and putting it out there. And then even going through the whole process of editing, like mm-hmm. editing can be such a, a, a daunting task. Yeah. It's probably like the one thing that you hear a lot of writers, especially in the uh, authors mm-hmm. when you hear them the part they dislike the most is editing mm-hmm. um, I actually had an editor for my first book um, well I did several rounds of editing myself and then the, for the final round or what I thought was the final round of editing I had someone else do mm-hmm. and then it was like months after the book had been published I was going through the book and was looking um, for scenes for a reading to do where I have been invited to do some readings and found so many errors oh, wow. in the book. Mm-hmm. So for me, the hardest part came after publishing was realizing all these, this ridiculous amount of errors that were in my book. I mean, every scene I went to, to try to pull out for this reading, I found a problem with. Oh, wow. And, and it was just like, wait, I paid these hundreds of dollars for editing and this is like, seriously? Really? Mm. This is what I got? Um, mm. So having to stop everything that I was doing because I was going through what probably the second to last bit of edits, round of edits for the second book at the time. So mm. I had to stop working on that to go back to this first book and re-edit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so oh no. me, I think it's even just, yeah, yeah. Like, like for me, it, it was just, I think, and and I str- still struggle with this now, trusting my baby with someone else mm-hmm. to do right by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear <laughs> um, you. So, like, my, so, for me, that's the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Um, my second book, I didn't hire an editor. I just went through more rounds of editing than what I did with the first one. And um, someone gave me a trick of have, having Microsoft Word read the book back to you. Okay, and yeah. That way you can hear the pace of it. Mm-hmm. So that gives you a better idea of where you need to place the commas and where you need to take commas mm-hmm. out at. Mm-hmm. And where, like, okay, that was not at all what I meant for it to say right there. 
hearing mm-hmm. it is so different than just reading it. Right. You know, on the page. So for me, my biggest, the hardest part, and I still struggle with this, because as I'm working on this third book, I'm like, okay, I'm a higher editor for this one. And the more I think about that, it's like, do I really want to trust someone else with my page? <laughs> <laughs> you got to do your research, but I think I, I think I think it goes hand in hand. I mean, but it just depends because I hear a lot of horror stories like that. That editor became she was recommended to me actually. Oh wow! So and she did a um, like a test edit for like the first five pages, and I went through it, and it seemed like it was great. Mm. And the first five or so pages of, of the book, the first go round was great. It mm-hmm. was after that. I don't know what happened. <laughs> you had too many pages. Five was good, but 160, I don't know. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, I don't know what happened here. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was it was it was bad. It was bad. Mm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I I I hear you. So then what advice or lesson can you offer to other writers? Like maybe warning and then some advice. So warning, um, it's going to feel lonely sometimes. Hmm. When especially when you're doing this by yourself, if you don't have any other writers near you. I think I was a little fortunate um, in the beginning because I had someone that I considered a dear friend who was also a writer. Mm. We're no longer friends um, just because of life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We'll say that. Mm -hmm. Um, But so going through the stuff with my second book, I didn't have that person where I could lean on and depend on. So there are times when it will feel lonely. Mm-hmm. There are going to be times where people who are essentially strangers to you support seem to support you more than those that you n- have known your entire life. Mm-hmm. There are going to be times where it feels like that. It's going to be frustrating. Smile through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, take a deep breath, meditate, whatever, smile through it, go mm-hmm. take a shot. <laughs> you said take a shot like a drink or like a shot at it <laughs> you know have, have a glass of wine it's okay. Be okay you know it, it will be okay yeah. <laughs> um, some advice I would say definitely um, do research into stuff um, mm-hmm. and, and even with research be careful because too much research can hurt you in the fact you're more likely to do something called info dumping in your writing mm. where you give a whole bunch of information at one time or in these several chunks of time. That is so horrible for a story. Mm. Um, also, I would say don't get hung up on word counts. Mm. That was one of the things that would catch me up when mm-hmm. I was writing the first book. Because I would get so caught up on it has to be at least 60,000 words or mm-hmm. or something like this. Or this chapter has to be at least 5,000. Um, and it, I don't know why I was so caught up on that. But once I let that go, I was able to just write. Some mm-hmm. of my chapters were only, you know, on a regular sheet of paper, were only three pages long. And some chapters were 15 pages long. Mm-hmm. It's just where the chapter felt good to end at. Okay. Um, my first book is probably about 
8,000 more words longer than the second one. Hmm. But that is where it felt good to begin and end the second book. Mm -hmm. So I I would say don't get so caught up on word counts. Mm -hmm. Um, Just let the story flow through. It will be what it will be. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and don't get caught up in follower counts on social media. Mm. Mm. I see that a lot, especially on Twitter. Okay. Um, and, and not to bash the writing community on Twitter or anything like that. Not doing that because the writing community is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can find some some people that you can really connect with, whether it's on Twitter or Instagram, even Facebook, mm-hmm. that are writers that you know you guys support each other, mm-hmm. great. I definitely suggest doing that. Um, but don't get so caught up on follower counts. They will come. When they come, mm-hmm. <laughs> please yeah. don't get on Twitter begging for followers. I see it so much. I see it so much on Twitter, and it's the one thing that drives me crazy mm-hmm. because it's like, it, in the grand scheme of things, does it really matter? Mm. If you're writing a story and your whole thing is to put your heart into this story and put it out there for others to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Do follower counts, is that really important in the grand scheme of getting your book published mm. or publishing your book, especially if you're self-publishing? Mm-hmm. Does that really matter? Mm. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Interesting. Because when you think about it, like what we always hear kind of like as, uh, independent authors and publishers is, you know, get your numbers up, get your likes up, because that might turn into, like, dollar signs and this and well, that. I mean, yes, I mean, and I agree to that. Like, there is definitely something in that, but there's mm-hmm. a difference in actually building a fan base okay. versus just getting on there and begging for followers. And okay. Saying, okay, I'm only you know, seven followers or or 12 followers away from a thousand or whatever that next magical number Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you guys help me out? It's okay to have a lot. Let me rephrase this. It's okay to have, um, to, you know, follow other writers and have other writers following you. But those writers are not readers of your genre Mm. that will not help your sales ever okay you know and and like Mm. even if looking at my follower counts there's a lot of writers on there but a lot of them do not read erotica they don't Mm -hmm. there are some people on there and my follower count who have never read a book by author of color Mm. they're not going to help my sales okay i hear you you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so they're good to connect with on the on the writer basis on Mm -hmm. on know venting about this with writers or, or throwing out ideas here or mm-hmm. you know hey does anyone have advice i'm going through this with my writing mm-hmm. can somebody help or you know give me some advice they're great for that mm-hmm. absolutely great for that mm-hmm. but if they do not read erotica if they're not prone to read or open to reading a book by an author of color they're not going to help my sales ever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I hear. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That hey, that's true. And a lot of times, that's what it is. It's you know, other yeah. writers following other writers, and they might not necessarily be interested in purchase, purchasing your book. Period. Exactly. They exactly. just want to see. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's that's definitely. <laughs> Some very good advice and something to absolutely consider, especially when, like, the grand scheme of marketing, you know. Um, right. People always say, well, how do you market? How do you market? What do you do? And my thing is, uh, for me, I've been big on getting local. Well, get in your neighborhood. See who, you know, talk to people. Go to the different events that are in your neighborhood. Go to the library. Go and do these things in your neighborhood. Yeah, you know, get online a little bit, but... What about the people that you live, you know, next to? And so to me that, I mean, I agree with like numbers. Yes, they're important, but what do they really mean? Exactly. They have to be, the the numbers have to be meaningful for what it is that you're trying to do. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I'm working on is just more so getting my name and my author brand and my books out there Mm -hmm. to people who are more likely to read it. So you know, later this month, I'm going to the National Black Book Festival in Texas. Oh, wow. um, then, you know, there's an event that's here in Michigan that's in Southfield near Detroit. I'll be at that one, too. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's really getting more into community, connect with your local libraries. I'm not the best at doing that, but yeah. it's definitely something that as an author, you should connect with your local library. Mm-hmm. Um so, I mean, it, it's 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 little things like that that can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, even some something as simple, and and I know some authors don't like to do, it, especially because of the cost of paperback books. Um, mm-hmm. But even just taking a book, signing it, and leaving it in some random location, and putting something out there on your Instagram or Facebook or whatever, saying, "Hey, I just left." Like, give a general picture or idea of where you left the book and say, whoever finds it is yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Give a review. You, you know, doing something like that mm. um, helps a lot. Look for, one of the things I recently just did, and I've been following what she, you know, doing what she says, and it helps a lot. But reach out to someone who's in your community, that like a local entrepreneur whose marketing is doing good or someone who focuses on nothing but marketing and business consulting mm-hmm. for local businesses. Okay. Like I met with a young lady and I actually went to school with her, met with mm-hmm. her last week and I'm already seeing a difference in things on my social media just from following her little tips mm-hmm. and the marketing promos and stuff that she made up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I'm not good with that. You have to recognize what it is that you're good at and what yeah. you're not good with. Mm-hmm. And for me, honestly, social media is not it. For it, it's not. I'm mm-hmm. one of those people where if it wasn't for my author brand, I wouldn't even be on social media. Hmm. I, like I, I would. <laughs> you said it ain't for you. <laughs> <laughs> I fuss every day. Like I can't stand Facebook. Hmm. So, you let go of what 
whatever it is that you're not good at, find somebody else, even if it's a teenager in your family. Mm-hmm. They love social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, even if it's a teenager in your family, hey, mm-hmm. I need you to post to my account three times a week. Mm-hmm. You, then you don't have to think about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that is definitely... Uh... And I think that also might help with, you know, just talking about, like, delegating tasks. I think that might also help with, like, taking care of other parts in your life because, you know, that was going to be my next question. Like, how do you balance it all, you know, working and then, you know, your writing career and, like, trying to get to these different events and stuff? How do you make time for it all? Well, I think one thing's for me, I'm fortunate enough with my employer where we have flexible schedules. Mm. So I was able to change my schedule to where I work four 10-hour shifts Mm -hmm. um, a week. So that gives me an extra day, like a whole extra day off. Um, And for me, that falls in the middle of the week. Having that extra day where I can get up and just rights or whatever even if I start out with meditate or even mm-hmm. just having that extra day to run errands so that way when Saturday and Sunday come I'm not spending my Saturday cleaning and running errands because right. I already did that on Wednesday on my day off in the middle of the week mm-hmm. I can literally just sit and write mm-hmm. um or do stuff like this and have you know anything that helps my author brand you know and have interviews and stuff mm-hmm. um you have to make self-care a priority. Mm-hmm. So even if it's something as simple as making sure you have a bottle of water sitting next to you when you're writing, because when you get into that zone and the words are coming yeah. and, and and you're working on stuff, it can be hard to remember to get up. Like you can't break yourself out of that to get up and go get a, a glass of water. Mm-hmm. So even something as simple as having a bottle of water Mm-hmm. And some type of snack within arm's reach so that you're not breaking yourself up to have mm-hmm. to, you know, get up and go get it. Something like that. Um, spending an hour or so either meditating or taking a hot bath. Like, you have to make that stuff a priority. Mm-hmm. Working out. I'm not the workout queen, clearly. But, <laughs> you know, for pe- some people it helps. Yeah, 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 yeah. For some, yeah. <laughs> So you have to find the things that work for you that allow you to relax. Because mm-hmm. if you're tense, if your brain is clogged up, if you're holding on to stress, it's only going to um, hold you up when it comes to writing. So mm-hmm. you have to make stuff like that a priority. Another thing that I do, my family members don't always like it, but it's saying no to family events. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like, you know, usually someone will decide to have a get-together, like, earlier this year for Easter. Um, One of my cousins, who she recently got her own place, so she decided to have the family Easter um, brunch and Easter egg hunt for the kids at her place. Hmm. Well, with Easter falling when it did, it's like I had four days off in a row or something like that. Mm. It was like that Thursday, Friday, and then... Saturday and Sunday mm-hmm. I had off well I didn't go and it was the first time in a few years where I didn't attend that family Easter function mm-hmm. but sometimes you have to say no to things like that 
just so you can have the time to write. Mm. Me, it it was one of those things. Well, everybody's going to be gone, including my mom and my brother and his family. Like everyone's going to be gone, and over at my cousin's house doing that. I can literally sit at home and don't have to worry about my phone ringing when mm-hmm. someone says, "Hey, can you come pick me up? Hey, can you come do this? Mm-hmm. Hey, what you doing? Can I come over?" No, because they're all going to be there. Mm-hmm. I'm taking full advantage of this. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> I'll stay home and I will put it out there. I will put a post out on social media saying, "Hey, family, friends, FYI, I'm not going anywhere this holiday weekend. I'm staying home and writing." Mm. don't expect me to show up again not everyone likes it yeah yes of course your family wishes they would see you more often and that you know mm. all the family functions but it's just it's not possible mm. it's, it's, there, there's no way to keep that up especially if you have a full-time job and you're trying to write and you're trying to do these promos and market for the books that you already have out mm-hmm. and work on them. there's no way you can make every family function yeah there's, there's just no way so you have to be okay with saying no and be comfortable and be okay with yourself with the reactions. You have to be okay with yourself with others not liking it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's, it's one of those things where it is what it is, but, yeah. you know, yeah. like there was the last minute family gathering for Labor Day. I didn't go. <laughs> I, I, I didn't go. Yeah. I'm one of those people, if you don't tell me well enough in the head of time, by the time I get to making my plan for the weekend, if Wednesday comes and I've made my plan for the weekend, now I'm staying home and right, because you haven't told me until Friday that you want to get together for the weekend, mm-hmm. nope, not happening. Okay. <laughs> yeah. See, because I'm definitely that family member that gets upset when, like, I have a cousin specifically who... Uh, I was trying to set up something for all of us girls to get together. And she said, no, you know what? I can't go. And I was so mad. Oh, I was so, what do you mean? You know, take a break from what you're doing. Come hang out, girl. I was, I probably was so ugly in the things that I said, just because I really wanted her there. And I was really putting in a lot of effort and thought and everything behind, you know, this event that I was planning for all of us. I ended up canceling it and Honestly, it's kind of been a blessing because I'm able to do this and focus on my business. So her say no actually, you know, kind of set off a a series of events. And so I'm like, okay, I get it. And I get it from, you know, even just having this conversation now with you because, yeah, all the time I'm telling people, you know, sometimes you do got to say no. And sometimes saying no is to your family members, even if, you know, they're telling you this is something that's important to them. Um, but then I think we also have to like uh, understand that when they say no to us too, sometimes then it, yeah. it's a two way street. And so I think that that's very good. And just yeah. to kind of keep that thing in, in perspective, like, you know, and, and maybe it's just a personal thing with the word no. And I know that's been like a hot topic lately is say no more often, especially if if the, you're not that type of person. And even as authors facing rejection, we don't like oh, it. <laughs> yes. And in all honesty, that whole facing rejection thing as an author, especially an author of color, is why I went towards self-publishing instead of trying to be traditionally published. Okay. Because um, when I was considering traditional publishing, um, I was on Twitter, and of course, you know, 
God bless the Riot community on Twitter, um, I was seeing several authors of color saying that they had wrote a book, they had got an agent, and they ended up going through multiple agents because everyone came back saying, hey, the story is great, but do the characters have to be black? What? What? You, oh, come again? <laughs> I said, see, uh-uh, I'm not the type of person that can deal with something like that. Because I will go off on everybody. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like no. What, what, yeah. like, what do you mean? Wow. I said, you know what? Nope. Self-publishing. Because yeah. I, I cannot. Yeah. If, if someone were to say that to me, I would try to ruin their career. Yeah. Yeah. So then, well, let's just go ahead and make a call because we need more people of color in those positions. Then, I mean, somebody is not doing their gift in the black community when they need to be. So, hello, if you're if you're black like us and you work in that field, please make yourself known. Please, 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 because you are so needed. There's people who are absolutely interested in traditional publishing, but these uh, difficult experiences like this sometimes kill their whole dream of sharing their book at all. And so definitely if somebody's watching this and that's your thing, hey, make yourself known, please. Yes. <laughs> please let us know. Please, please, please do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we are almost out of time. Let me ask you one more thing. Is there right. anything else that you would like to share with the community? Give us your last thoughts. Oh, geez, last thoughts. Everyone has sex. Let's talk about it. There'll be less bad sex in the world. <laughs> Not less bad sex. 